0: up guys it's Aaron from living life abundantly and I'm here with John and I'm just asking him so first of all what what did you do for work or what do you do for work uh most of my career has been in the lumber business and
1: construction but uh I've I've done a lot of things uh first of all you're living life abundantly are you a Christian yes so am I oh okay. awesome yeah so, yeah, I, I <laughs> took that as a clue, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but mostly uh, construction in the lumber business. Uh, but I've worked uh, as a property manager right before I retired. I did that for a few years before I retired.
0: Mm, nice. And what did you learn from your career? Uh, career. Uh, <laughs>
1: my career over and over established that uh, even when the world can seem like it's a good place, there's a lot of deceit and a lot of rottenness in it Mm. uh many of the jobs i had uh would get to a point i I managed lumber yards and uh and it got to a point where you would have to make a decision are you going to do business honestly and lose some of your business or are you going to play games and uh take part in the corruption and and grow in your business and so many times i had to walk away Mm. so
0: Wow. Yeah, it it got hard for a few years. Mm. Wow. And so uh, you said you're a Christian. What does it mean mean to be a Christian to you? Because I know a lot of people say they're Christians, but what does it mean to you? To me, it means turning your whole life over to the Lordship of Jesus
1: Christ, making him the uh, following, you know, his ways, uh, asking him for his help through his Holy Spirit to make good decisions and to... uh, you know, stay stay in his word so that you understand him more fully. Uh and as you stay in his word, he opens up more and more of it to you over time and uh you you gain perspectives that
0: you wouldn't have had otherwise. So Amen. A hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So how long have you been saved? Uh, I I'm one of those people uh I felt
1: God coming very close to me when I was four years old. That's when my dad got in real trouble with the law. And uh, I felt God come alongside me kind of as a replacement father figure. It's hard to explain, but uh, I used to talk to people about God uh, when I was four and five and six years old. And uh, I grew up in the Catholic Church, uh, but as I I was blessed by having a grandmother who, although she was Catholic, she read the Bible, and she took the Bible as her authority. So with her as an influence, I read in the Bible more and more, and I found more in the Scriptures that would take me away from the Catholic teachings. And so by the time I was 16, uh, I was studying the Bible seriously. I still attended Catholic Church because I wasn't sure... Uh, until my early twenties, and it was in my early twenties that I stepped away from the Catholic Church, and uh, later uh, I I joined. Uh, I became discipled by some Baptist men and joined a Baptist church. Uh, uh, now I'm I consider myself non-denominational. I
0: go to 146 Church over here, Calvary Chapel. Oh, awesome! Yeah, do you know Pastor Greg? Pastor Greg? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. worship pastor? Yeah, at
1: 14.6. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, I've met him. I'm, I'm fairly new there because I was going to a Calvary Chapel Surprise, and with all the changes over there, I just started uh, recently going
0: to 14.6. But I have met Greg and talked to him, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So w- what advice would you give to Christians struggling or younger Christians in the faith? Because you've been in the faith a long time, so what, what advice would you give or what scriptures have encouraged you or that you can encourage others with? I I would say one of the things that I think uh, any
1: Christian young or old needs to understand is that uh, in Ephesians 2.10 we're taught that our steps are set ahead of us. Our our steps our whole lives are are planned and mapped by God you know even before we're born. And in Ephesians 2.10 it says that He sets our steps ahead of us. uh, The good works you know that we might walk in them, and they're from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. There's uh, that's worded in different ways, but God did design each one of us individually. He gave each one of us individual talents in in different degrees. Gives each one of us talents, each one of us skills, each one of us, and then when we become a believer, He gives each one of us you know individualized gifts, gifts of the Spirit, and. If we'll spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer, that's, that's so important. Every time you spend time in the Word, pray before you start studying, the Word that the Holy Spirit will instruct you. And then each time that you get involved uh, in your prayer time, uh, even if you're not reading the Scripture, if you're just praying, which is extremely important, you know, always be asking God to instruct you to bring, to bring you in line with what His plan for you is. And if that becomes a theme of your prayer life and your Scripture reading, God opens up so many avenues for you uh, that are the steps that he did plan ahead for you, uh, that you will walk in them. So I I would say that's, you know, I tried to raise my kids to do that. Uh, I'm real happy with where my three kids are uh, with the Lord. Uh, They have good, rich prayer lives. Um, I I think that's, I, I think it's just important to depend on God and everything. From the time my kids were little, I would say, I'm not your real father. Your real father is God in heaven. He allows me to be your daddy here. And I said, that's a special thing, but your real father's in heaven. And my kids grew up, I think, understanding that. So that's
0: amazing, John. That's amazing. I, I, really, I love that. That's, that's really powerful. That's uh, some, has some really mature Christian advice for sure. And to pray before you read the Bible and keep in prayer. And I'm glad you i'm glad you instructed your kids in the way of the lord that's encouraging to hear as well (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so it's made a difference for them and for us for my wife and i and for
0: them and from
1: our grandkids now
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah the whole generation huh yeah yeah praise god praise god well that's that's awesome you have experience with evangelism yeah uh yeah i i've done street
1: ministry for several years uh i did it in Uh, as a young person in Fort Worth, I did it, uh, then when we moved to California, I did it in California, in the Sacramento area, West Sacramento and Sacramento, uh, did it, uh, did it some in the Bay Area, uh, I was, when I got called to Denver, uh, I got called to Denver in 1992, and, uh, in late 1992, got there in 1993, uh, the day that I got there, I met an older woman, uh, this is kind of a long story but uh my second day in denver uh i got there late at night on a sunday on monday morning i'm in a in a used bookstore uh i'd gone to one job interview and i had about an hour and a half to kill before my next job interview Uh, and i got hired at the first one for a full-time job and i was hoping to get hired uh for a part-time job at the second one and i did but I killed time by going into this used bookstore, and when I'm in this used bookstore, an older lady walks in, and uh, she said, uh, well, I I, I noticed her looking at uh, books in a rack that was titled Healing, and I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, go over and talk to that woman, and he's done that a few times in the past, you know, and it's always, uh, I've gotten many stories where this has worked out in amazing ways when he tells me, go and talk to that person. So I went over and walked to her, but on the way, walking over, because I've learned, you know, you do it. You don't hesitate. You just go do it. And on the way over, I'm saying, Lord, I don't know what to say to you, so, you know, you put the words in my mouth. And as soon as I got to her, I said, uh, are you aware that the Bible has a lot to say on the subject of healing? And that wasn't what I was planning to say to her. That just came out. And she looked at me, and she started grilling me. She spent 45 minutes asking me, what does the Bible teach on this? What does it teach on that? What does it teach on that? And I'm thinking, this is like... This is like an oral exam for an ordination, and I, I said she's really hammering me. And uh, and uh, after a while, she says, uh, "Can we go outside on the sidewalk and talk?" And it was, this is in the dead of winter in Denver, Colorado. It's very cold. The wind was blowing, and it was just starting to snow. So I go outside with her, and she said, "I got down on my knees in my kitchen crying this morning, asking God to send me a." a teacher for a men's Bible study that I've been teaching. And she said, I'm not supposed to be teaching men. And she said, I can't do it anyway. She said, I teach so many women's studies. I don't have time for this one, but I had no one to turn it over to you. And she said, uh, would you be interested in going and meeting the manager of a car wash? And I'm going, the manager of a car wash? And she said, yeah, it's very close to here. It happened to be in the same shopping center as where my next interview was. So we drive, you know, she. I follow her and it's I see the place that I'm supposed to go to. Uh, So she helped me, you know, not get lost. But we go into this car wash and the guy managing the car wash had just become a Christian, brand new Christian. Uh, He had had a a very serious uh, cocaine habit. And this lady had been witnessing to him over a period of time, over about a three month period. And he made a decision uh, with her help and her leading. He made a decision for Christ and he lost all all uh, desire. I mean, totally total cold turkey lost all of his uh, desire for the cocaine, but his wife didn't, and so there was extreme trouble between he and his wife, and she did leave him, but uh, for about a year and a half after that I was teaching uh, a men's Bible study in this car wash on, on uh, Tuesday nights, and uh, in, at that car wash Bible study we had uh, several men come to the Lord over a period of many months, so. Uh, that's, I, I realized as soon as I met her and the and way this was carrying through that that's the reason that God wanted me in Denver quickly, you know. Uh, uh, I, I haven't told you half the story. When I got there, I ended up, my first morning there, I had, uh, I ended up with $2.63 in my pocket. And uh, I, I went to a Sunday service in a little Baptist church and, and asked the deacon there if I could sleep in my truck on the church parking lot that night because I had nowhere to go. He told me I could. Late that night, by this, it, a big snowstorm, snow and ice storm hit Denver at that time. This was in uh, January of uh, 1993. A uh, Big snowstorm hit and this uh, Lakewood police car drove up. I, I was sleeping in my truck uh, and I heard tires crunching on the ice and I rolled my window down slightly and it was a police car and this cop comes up to me. And, uh, and asked me who I was and what I was doing. He saw a bumper sticker on my back. and He said, well, your boss is a Jewish carpenter, but who are you? What are you doing here? (laughs) And I explained to him I had permission from one of the deacons of the church and he had called another deacon and they had agreed it was okay for me to sleep there. And right then he got a radio call, so he left. And it's about an hour and a half later, I had dozed off so I don't know the exact time, but about an hour and a half later, I hear tires crunching on the ice again and I scrape ice on the inside of my window from my breathing condensation, the old old truck. And uh, I see the same cop walking up to me and he motions for me to roll down my window. So I rolled it down partway and he reaches in and I thought he was gonna grab me, so I backed off. You know, I got away from the window and he dropped a 20 and a 10 in my lap. And I, I had $2.63, you know, to eat on and everything. I, even though I'd gotten hired, you know, it's gonna be, you know, at least two to three weeks for my first paychecks. But he dropped $30 in my lap, and he told me, I got a radio call and had to leave like I told you a while ago. And I said, yes, sir. And he, go, he goes, uh, he said, when I was leaving, the Lord told me to go get you some cash. So he said, I went to the ATM. And uh, he said, this is for you. He said, uh, he said, if you can, he showed me his name badge, and it's E.E. E. Ernie Applegate. <laughs> Thank you, Ernie. <laughs> you know, I've thanked you many <laughs> times, but, and, I've, and I paid him back later. But uh, Ernie Applegate uh, was his name. And he told me, he says, this, this is a gift to you. He said, if you want to ever give it back, fine. I'll find somebody else that can use it also. And, and I did give it back to him, but the Lord took such great care of me, you know, uh, and helped me establish my street ministry there in Denver. Wow. And, and I was in Denver for, uh, in the Denver area for 20 years. I was on staff with the Denver rescue mission for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> God, God works if, if you'll say yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh that's just one story. I
1: mean, there's hundreds of them.
0: Praise God! That's amazing, John. I, yeah. man, that's a great story, and that just proves how faith, that God's always faithful. You know, like, wow.
1: And don't always expect it to be in big things. You know, mm-hmm. He He takes the little things and and works them toward larger things. You know, He He teaches you and He trains you. Uh, if you depend on Him for everything, the the small and the large, and don't worry, don't sweat any of it. He takes the little things, and he's the one that builds them up into bigger things and bigger influences and and bigger lessons, smarter lessons. Amen. I really appreciate your time, John.